Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Sweep Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Antonio Castro here once again with my esteemed colleague Chris Van Dyne. Of course, Chris Van Dyne covers the SEC, the ACC, and Conference USA here at North Coast Sports. I handle the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the American Athletic Conference. But we've got a little bit of a mixture of all the games that we're going to touch on uh, this afternoon. And hopefully you guys listening at home or driving in your cars will appreciate the games that we chose uh, this week for you on this week's podcast. Before we get started, though, with the uh, college football talk, we just want to do a quick recap about last week and what we have going on this weekend, a very, very exciting weekend uh, for North Coast Sports this weekend as we have our September five-star going this Saturday, and it, it is an absolutely free play as long as you're a PowerSuite subscriber. If you are a subscriber, make sure you call us here in the office if you have not done so yet to get your codes, so that way you'll be all good to go for Saturday, and you'll get that free five-star. If you're not a subscriber, it's only $109 for the email version. That'll take you all the way through the Super Bowl issue of the PowerSuite. It's emailed out every single Tuesday. Gives you plenty of time to read it, look at, look over it, and pick out the plays that you like. If you agree, disagree, what have you, with our selections. But our key selections last week in the Power Sweep did go a perfect four and First time that's happened this year. We're very proud about that. Uh, with the four star, two three stars, and the underdog play all cashing for us. We followed that up with a perfect six and day on our late phone selection sides last Saturday. Our totals game of the month, unfortunately, went down. Uh, Very rare that play lost for only the second time in, I believe, the last 11 weeks. Uh, dating back to last year, uh, overall those totals plays are still uh, still on fire. That was our only totals play that we lost this past weekend. We went three and one, just that one play loss. So again, totals are, are eight and three overall this year uh, on the late phones there. So I uh, want to get you on board this weekend. Again, the five star goes. If you are uh, not signed up and you want to get all of our late phone selections, that includes uh, all of our sides, including that five star, all of our totals, all of our NFL selections. You can get that for as low as $129. Again, as low as $129 if you're a PowerSuite subscriber for the 2020 uh, season and further out. $129 will get you squared away with that Executive Club weekend. And we really want you on board. And again, if you haven't signed up for PowerSuite for next season yet, it, you can still do so. We're running a special. It's only $69. We'll get you squared away with PowerSuite for next season. So don't wait until this time next year because if you do, it's $109. You could save $40 get it now you know you're going to sign up anyway so you might as well take advantage of it for that 69 dollars price uh, that we're offering now for you okay thanks again for listening to that let's get started now with the games chris uh got a nice little slate here uh for our for our audience out there we wanted to start it off on the east coast and talk about the acc matchup with louisville and florida state then we're going to go out to the plains and look at the south carolina versus missouri matchup uh in the sec going to take it to the Midwest and look at that Michigan State versus Northwestern game. After that, we're going to go to the state of Texas. We're going to break down a little bit with the UTSA, that's University of Texas San Antonio at North Texas matchup. Stay in Texas for the Iron Skillet rivalry Southern Methodist at Texas Christian, that's SMU at TCU. And then we're going to follow that with with uh, one of our free selections out of the Power Sweep newsletter, a two-star. We're going to hit you with the Pac-12 play there, UCLA 
at Washington State. So with this, with this uh, getting started, Chris, Louisville at Florida State. Louisville 2-1 straight up. Florida State is surprising 1-2. Louisville red, heart, red hot uh, against the spread as well. Perfect 3-0 and while Florida State has that ex- identical record as their straight up market 1-2. You know, uh, Chris, I look at this matchup, and, and before I let you uh, get in on it, and I know you've got a lot of great points on this game, uh, I look at it as, you know, Florida State, while their offense isn't, you know, while they've struggled a little bit, uh, to say the least, this early se- this early part of the season, I'm not ready to throw in uh, throw Willie Taggart away. I mean, this guy, I've, I've been following his coaching career ever since he was coaching at Western Kentucky very closely. This guy is going to figure it out. Florida State's finished with the most yards allowed by all three of their opponents this year. I like their quarterback, James Blackman. He's completing 68% of his passes with a 9-2 to ratio. On the flip side, I see a Louisville team that has yet to intercept a pass on defense. So I like Florida State in this game. I'll lay the six and a half, and I'll take Florida State. I think it's a low mark. Well, this was actually one of the few games Louisville could have won last year uh, against an FBS opponent. They actually outgained Florida State. It was the only FBS team Louisville outgained last year. Had Florida State beat, and then uh, Bobby Petrino, for some reason, decided to call pass late in the game in a red zone, and Jawan passed through an interception. And a couple plays later, Florida State got a 57-yard touchdown catch. Turn that game around. Florida State ended up pulling it out. But, um, you know, this is a completely different Louisville team. And at first, before we get into this game, I want to say how impressed I am with Scott Satterfield and the job he's done because it has been a truly remarkable turnaround in effort because it, it appeared, it actually became obvious at the end of last year that Louisville quit, lost all motivation, lost all focus. They were giving up more than 50 points each game in their last five games. Uh, and now you see them, and they're competitive in every game. They were tied against Notre Dame in the, in the opener at halftime. Uh, it just looks like a different team. The defense looks different. Their defensive line has been tough. Their offensive line has been very good. They can run the ball well. Uh, it makes me wonder how in the world Brian Van Gorder got another defensive coordinator job in the FBS because he did an awful job here at Louisville last year. But as impressed as I am with Louisville, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not ready to throw Florida State away yet. And everyone points out they could easily be 0-3 if Louisiana Monroe wouldn't have missed that extra point. But at the same time, they could easily be 3-0. and They were beating Boise State until the fourth quarter. They were beating uh, Virginia in the fourth quarter. They could easily be 3-0 and right now. And if they were 3-0, and regardless of how they won that Louisiana-Monroe game, you'd have a completely different outlook about this team. And Willie Taggart wouldn't be getting the kind of heat he is. Some bad luck, and you got to get your team to play four quarters. This is the week I think they do that. Um Satterfield's been excellent against the spread, but Florida State just played an athletic quarterback in Bryce Perkins, held him to 3.8 yards per carry. Louisville's quarterback situation is a little up in the air because Juwan Pass was hurt last week, didn't play. They started Malik Cunningham against Western Kentucky. We went with the Cardinals and picked up a three-star late phone winner uh, last week, but this week I'm against the Cardinals. I like Florida State because I think I don't think that Cunningham is as skilled a passer as Bryce Perkins, not not nearly as skilled a passer. And Florida State showed that they can shut down an athletic running quarterback, and Cunningham is definitely that. 
So I, I think the Florida State wins this game by double digits, probably regardless of who the quarterback is, but definitely if Cunningham's a starter. Sounds good to me. I agree. All right, let's go along to the SEC now. SEC land sounds it's still strange to have Missouri in the SEC to me, but anyway, uh, South Carolina at Missouri. South Carolina comes in at one and two straight up, two and one against the spread. Missouri's two and one straight up, and two and one against the spread. Uh, look at this game, and and the, the big talking point on this game, Chris, is uh, about South Carolina's starting quarterback, their new starting quarterback, Ryan Helinski. He's a true freshman. He's going to be making his first ever. St- uh, road start and you know what I'm not worried about the kid at all after seeing what he did against Alabama last week I mean this is a kid that completed 63% of his throws through 57 passes two to one touchdown to interception ratio this is against an Alabama defense that's loaded with NFL players and talent now he's going to be going on the road to Missouri I, I don't think he's going to be phased uh, Missouri on the flip side, and this Ryan Holinsky, this kid is a stud. I mean, we had him ranked number five out of high school coming out, and he looks every bit as that highly touted uh, high school prospect coming in. And Missouri, they they have yet to see a quarterback this season with any type of talent that Holinsky is going to show them, and that includes their own quarterback, Kelly Bryant, because I put Holinsky as more talented than Kelly Bryant, even though he's only played one game. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, South Carolina in the dog role. I like Muschamp in that dog role. I think they do well in that role, and I'm gonna and I'll be glad to take over a touchdown uh, in this game. Go Gamecocks. Well, I, I got to slow down on the better than Kelly Bryant. I I I, I get it. Talented, more talented. Okay, yeah, that it might be that might be a fair point. I think he is probably a more talented passer than Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant's more the big physical running quarterback, although he can throw the ball and he's proven that over his career. And I respect Kelly Bryant. That being said, I'm with you. I like Halinski a lot, and I like what he showed me last week against Alabama. To play against that defense, to not be intimidated. You know, that game was 24-10. to South Carolina was losing in the second quarter. They had the ball on the five-yard line, going in to try to cut it to a one-score game at halftime. And Will Muschamp gambled and uh, went for it on fourth down. They didn't get they didn't get it, and uh, it you know stays a seven a fourteen point game. But it easily could have been a seven point game. They also had a fake field goal touchdown called back, so that that game was a twenty four point game. But as I've heard a lot of people point out, that game was closer than the score indicated. You know, Alabama pulled away a little bit late as as they do. Uh, South Carolina's won the last three straight up and against the spread in this series. They've pulled back-to-back upsets. Last year in a driving rainstorm, they also had to start their backup quarterback, uh, Michael Scarnecchia, and he played well. They won the game, and that was his first career start, at least with Helensky. He's started a couple games now, and he has a little bit of base of understanding of what he's doing. They can keep building off, off of his performances. Um, Missouri has outscored their opponents 88 to seven the last two weeks, but uh, you know that season opening loss to Wyoming still sticks out. Uh, the 297 yards rushing they gave up against Wyoming, some big plays stick out, kind of worries me. Missouri does have a very talented offensive line, but South Carolina is coming uh, coming with a defensive line that only allows 129 rushing yards a game. And Javon Kinlaw is a kid to remember. This kid will be an early draft pick next year. Uh, and he made himself a lot of money last week against Alabama because the scouts were there watching him, and he, they were very impressed with what Javon Kinlaw did 
on that defense for South Carolina. I'd still think that Missouri wins this game because they have the veteran presidents presence at quarterback. I like their offensive line, and I think they just have a few more playmakers right now. But South Carolina in this underdog role that Will Muschamp's done so well in keeps this game much closer. I think this will end up being a field goal game. South Carolina could pull the upset. It wouldn't shock me. I think Missouri will pull it out, but it's going to be closer than the experts think. Keep that within the line. All right, let's move along now. We have uh, Big Ten, Michigan State at Northwestern. Michigan State 2-1 straight up, 1-2 against the spread. Northwestern 1-1 straight up, 0-2 against the spread. And, you know, when uh, looking at this game, Chris, I mean, everybody loves Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern's coach in in, in the underdog role. Rightly so. I mean, Northwestern does great as an underdog time and time again. But let me also tell you this, what Northwestern does very well. You know what they do? They lose games early in the season a lot. Let me go back three years ago to 2016. They lost three of their first four games of the season, including losses against Western Michigan and FCS school Illinois State. Two years ago, they lost three of their first five games, including to Duke by 24 points. You can lose to Duke, but come on, by 24 points last year, they lost three of their first four games, including losing to Duke and Akron. Akron? So this is a team that, for whatever reason, yeah, they do relish that underdog role. They play well as an underdog. But early in the season, they do not play well. They haven't played well so far this early uh, season. Losing to Stanford didn't look good last week against UNLV. Uh, Michigan State last week, while they lost to Arizona State on that on that last second field goal miss, they still had almost a two to one yard edge. Ended up four hundred four to two sixty two sixteen yard edge. Put up five hundred eighty two yards two weeks ago against a Western Michigan team that isn't that bad. And Michigan State, they're playing with revenge. They had that homecoming loss last year against Northwestern. Now going on the road, they're heated. They're angry. D'Antonio's upset. I know they're laying uh, some points in this one over a touchdown, but it has gone down. They were double digits when this line came out. Uh, it's gone. Well, actually, it was right around double digits. Went down to seven. Got up to about nine again. I've latest I've seen it was about nine. I don't have. I'm not afraid to lay the points. I'm going to say Michigan State laying the points in this game. I think they cover. I think they make a statement this week. Yeah, I'm with you here. I, th- I think that the Michigan State defense has been impressive, uh, you know, and, and you can't go against what they've done uh, on the defensive side of the ball. One thing that I, I, I do notice, and we talked about this a little bit, was the total. You know, when you see a total pop out on, under 40 and, and you see two defenses like Michigan State and Northwestern playing each other, uh, you know, you always think about how good these defenses must be to get a total that low. The interesting thing is, though, D'Antonio seems to do well putting up points against Northwestern. You know, last year, not that much, only 19 points, but other years, 31, 40, 30, uh, 20 was a little low, 31, 35. You know, they they seem to score against Northwestern, and with the defense they have, you're going to hold most teams down with that kind of defense. And if you can put up the points, you'll cover a line. 
Yeah, Hunter Johnson, the new Northwestern quarterback, has not lived up to his number one overall quarterback billing as of yet. But it's going to take some time, and he'll get it. He'll get it straightened out. Northwestern will get it straightened out. I just think that they're going to they're not this early. They never get have it. Uh, they always struggle early on. All right, and let's go on. UTSA. That's Texas San Antonio at North Texas. Both these teams identical. One and two, both straight up. And against the spread, look at this game, Chris. UTSA is getting nearly three touchdowns. They're getting 19 points in this game. And uh, looking at that, there's a couple of factors that have me leaning in the underdog's direction. Uh, Well, really, yeah, a couple factors. I like Frank Harris, UTSA's starting quarterback. Now, this is a guy, he would have won the job last year, if I'm not mistaken, had he not tore his ACL. Comes out this year, he's doing very well. He's completing 73% of his passes. I like what I'm seeing out of Frank Harris. On the flip side, when he's uh, on that North Texas defense, their pass defense is very susceptible. It ranks number 99 in our pass efficiency D rankings. They've given up eight touchdowns, have yet to have an interception. So I like Frank Harris in this matchup against uh, that North Texas secondary. And also, when you look at the Roadrunners, you know, we had them. We, we, we went against them last week against Army, rightfully so. Army ended up, uh, you know, winning that game and covering. Uh, have a good beat on UTSA. You know, they trailed Army, Chris, just 10 to seven late in the third quarter last week and then got uh, worn down just as we thought they would this time though I don't you know North Texas isn't going to wear them down while North Texas may get that lead I think Frank Harris gives them plenty of opportunity to stay within that number and I'm not even saying backdoor potential here I'm just saying I think they can stay within the line they'll probably lose by two touchdowns but hey they lose by two touchdowns they're going to cash my ticket for me getting plus 19. Well, this is a budding rivalry as far as UTSA is concerned. You know, that this has actually been uh, a, a close game the last few years. They split six meetings so far. Uh, they, they don't have a cool rivalry name yet like the like the Iron Skillet that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, but that'll come with time. Uh, five of the six meetings have been decided by eight points or less. Last year, North Texas was favored by 24-and-a-half, only won by three points in the finale and that was actually interestingly enough uh the only game that utsa topped 400 uh, 400 yards last year they actually hit 400 yards and they've been held on uh under 300 yards in 15 of their last 19 but harris started that game he played and they also changed play callers in that game which was a big difference and that uh that was the first game that they had the new oc and he took over, and they put up 400 yards a season high last year. So, uh, home team has done well in this series. They're five and zero ATS. Uh, last week, like you said, we went against UTSA, but I'm with you. I like them this year. You mentioned uh, North Texas is a struggling secondary. The reason for that is they had two All Conference cornerbacks last year. Those guys are both gone. It was expected to be the weakness of the defense. That's proved to be true. North Texas' top receiver, Rico Bussey, questionable, didn't play last week, might not play this week. And uh, the North Texas offense hasn't been as explosive as you think with Mason Fine at quarterback. He's an excellent quarterback. But for whatever reason, they just don't put up the points to match his production, which is why so many of their games go under. They've been a straight under team the last couple years. They've gone under all three games this year. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, two of their three. So uh, definitely in in favor of the dog here with UTSA. Uh, Go the Roadrunners, and I think they'll cover that 19 and a half. 
All right, staying in the state of Texas, just as you said, Chris, the battle for the iron skillet. This is the 99th meeting, and uh, first time in quite some time that, S- that both teams undefeated. SMU is 3-0 for the first time, I believe, since 2008. Not only straight up, but also against the spread. TCU 2-0 straight up, 1-1 against the spread. Had a nice win uh, last week at Purdue. Uh, look at this game, and uh, TCU, this rivalry, they've won six straight in the series, all by double digits. Uh, SMU has a great transfer quarterback this year in Shane Bouchelle. If the name sounds familiar, it should be, especially if you're in Texas and a Texas fan because, yeah, he was the quarterback at Texas. Uh, grad transfer, he's done very, very well uh, leading SMU to that perfect 3-0 and start. However, TCU, yeah, they're going to have that pass defense, as always, under Gary Patterson. Right now, we have them as our number two ranked pass efficiency defense in the entire country. They're allowing less than 50% completions. They've only allowed one touchdown while uh, intercepting four passes. And uh, TCU, they've been kind of playing the uh, ring around the rosy with the quarterbacks there. I think my guess is, Chris, they're going to use Max Dugan, the true freshman who was in for the spring, has got plenty of reps now. I think they're going to use him from start to finish, uh, and I think that's going to make a difference in this game. It's going to be close. The line is 9.5. TCU has won six straight by double digits, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I, I like what I'm seeing out of SMU. This is a much improved team. Sonny Dykes has them going. Shane Bouchel, I like at the quarterback position. It's close. It, I, I'm, I was going back and forth. It's not something that I would put a lot of uh, credits on, if you will. If gun to my head, I'm going to go with TCU based on series history and what they can do uh, in that secondary, and I and I think that that will give them the edge here. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be close to that nine and a half point line at the end of the day. I'll tell you what: the more I looked at this game, actually, the more I like TCU more. Um, SMU hasn't beaten a ranked foe since 1986. They're plus 200 yards per game, but uh, this is their first Power Five foe they're playing. They, they allowed North Texas to run for 211 yards, which is a little bit of a concern for me against a TCU team that runs the ball well. Gary Patterson, an excellent coach. Going back to last year, they averaged 263 rushing yards per game in their last four games. Uh, so you got a good coach on your side. you got a good run game. On the flip side, um, it, it, well, I should say flip side, but uh, in the series – TCU has actually been very good offensively against SMU, averaging 587 yards per game the last five they've played against the Mustangs, uh, held held SMU to a season-low 242 yards last year, and that was on the road. So the number looks low to me. SMU is improved. I definitely agree with you that – you know, you, you, you want to be careful playing against them because I like their quarterback and I think that they're an improving team. But Patterson's D just held Purdue to 204 yards, and that was a Purdue team that put up 500 yards in back-to-back games to start the season. I can't go I can't go against the Patterson defense in this situation at home. I'm going with the TCU Horn Frogs. All right, and with that, that'll lead us to our special two-star play out of the uh, power sweep. This week, we decided to go with the Pac-12, give them some love. Washington State against UCLA. We have a two-star on the Cougars in this game who entered who entered the season uh, who entered this game. Excuse me, uh, at a perfect three and zero, one one and one against the spread. UCLA has just been awful. They're zero and three, both uh, straight up and against the spread so far this season. Things have not gone well uh, in Chip Kelly's 
second go-round at the college level. Um, looking at this game and the, and the way it matches up, UCLA, uh, they've lost their last three Pac-12 road openers by 16 points per game. Uh, Washington State playing their only home game in a five-week stretch. What that means is they're going to they're gonna really be playing their hearts out for, this, for their fans this game. They don't have a, a home game in a while, so they really, really want to uh, put up a big effort here. UCLA has lost 16 of their last 17 games straight up. Again, 16 out of 17, Chip Kelly coach UCLA team. Granted, this is the second year. Not all those 17 losses have come under him, but nonetheless, wow, what a mess. They're 4-10 against the spread uh, away from the Rose Bowl. I, I don't know how you can how you can back UCLA at this time. I know Wazoo's laying over two touchdowns, but, hey, I'll lay the points and I'll take uh, Washington State anytime I can uh, over UCLA. Yeah, what a mess UCLA is right now. They, you know, This is uh, probably a horrible matchup for them. They're giving up 467 passing yards a game, 71 completion, 71% completion percentage against. Um, th- their pass defense right now is ranked 126th in our pass efficiency rankings. So uh, I, I don't really find much good to say about UCLA. Their quarterback play has been awful. Uh, they're not getting stops defensively. They're They've put up 14 points in every game. The one thing I will say is they're consistent. They score 14 points every game. And if they score 14 points in this game, they're going to get trounced because you know Washington State brings the offense and will score points. Uh, Already averaging 567 yards a game. Gordon's already thrown for 12 touchdowns, 79% completions. Uh, Wazoo's held their first three foes all under 400 yards. Just faced a dual-threat quarterback, a, a better quarterback than what they're facing this week in De'Eric King, and uh, was up 14 until Houston added a late touchdown. Wazoo all day. I just can't imagine anyone wanting to play UCLA right now. Or everybody wanting to play UCLA right now, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, our, our computer, by the way, Chris, has Washington State throwing for 435 yards uh, this weekend. So, yeah, Makes definitely. Sense. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. Again, I want to remind you, Five Star goes this Saturday. Extremely, extremely excited off a perfect 6-0 and day on our late phone side selections. You can get that uh, Five Star as well as all of our late phone selections. That includes all of our star-rated totals that are 8-3 and to start the season uh, for as low as $129 if you're a PowerSweep subscriber for 2020 and beyond and if you haven't signed up yet this year's power sweep just 109 dollars but if you're going to sign up you might as well take advantage of our sale for next year 69 dollars for that email version uh, of that power sweep newsletter all right everybody thanks again for for uh, tuning in and listening for chris van dyne i'm antonio castro this has been another edition of the power sweep podcast presented by north coast sports